and shine bitches welcome back to another episode of just a quick pinch i'm your host connie wang um you guys this is kind of exciting this is the last time i'm gonna be doing a main episode as a 27 year old because my birthday is coming up on this saturday um which is super exciting also at the same time the other day someone said to me like oh you don't act like you're 27 years old as in there was well honestly there was like so much to unpack there <laughs> i was like this is like um, somewhat insulting, but not really. But th- I think that they were insinuating that 27 is old, and then also that I don't act old, which, you know what, is fair, because even though I graduated from both dental school and pharmacy school, I am still on my parents' phone plan. So, you know what, they got me there. I'm still not fully an adult yet. Although, you guys will hear today in my spit talk, um, the lengths that I have gone through today to become a fully formed, like, adult is just... Ugh. I hate to say this because this is the most millennial thing to say ever, but like, I, I really hate adulting. It is so annoying. But anyways, yeah, today we have a really good episode for you guys. We have Dr. Nardine. She is a chiropractor from Ottawa. And I wanted to have her on because of two reasons. One, first of all, she would be the first chiropractor on this podcast. And I just wanted to welcome her because it's really cool. She actually specializes in chiropractic specifically for healthcare professionals, which I thought was a really cool niche to work with. You know, we have our uh, back and neck problems. Also, I know what it feels like to have a career where people are constantly judging you or putting you down or they have, you know, um, preconceived notions about you. And I feel like the field of chiropractics is a field that for a long time has had a lot of skeptics, has a lot of criticism and things like that. A lot of it is from what Dr. Nardine explained was because of the media and how they portray chiropractors as just, you know, like people that like crack backs and things that are dangerous and stuff like that. And she actually had a lot to teach us. So I was really excited to have her on. Uh, we discussed things like picking the right pillow, picking the right mattress, how to sit when you're sitting at a desk versus when you're working on a patient in a chair versus when you're standing, uh, when you're driving. There was just so much to our day-to-day that she had so much insight on and I thought it was like really interesting. I love her philosophy of how basically doing less can do a lot more for you. And yeah, there's just so much that we don't know. And so I just really wanted to be able to give her a platform so that she could explain a lot of the misconceptions, misconceptions, I can never say that word right. Play it back. Every time I say this on the podcast, I never say it right. But I thought that she could clarify a lot of misconceptions that people have about chiropractors and what they can do. And so yeah, this was a really great episode. But first things first, we got our hot girl huddle, my last one as a 27 year old. So hit it editing, Connie. Alrighty, you guys, so my end of the week, I'm going to keep it short and simple. It's actually a drink. It's a drink that I've been keeping on me. I don't know why. I just went through like this past week a slump where I really wasn't into drinking water. But I discovered this thing at the store, which I don't know if I've been living under a rock, but I think I'm like one of the last few people that knew that this exists. It's just called cold brew tea. Normally, you know how you have to like boil tea or like put tea bags into hot water to get it to diffuse into the water. So this is just tea that like it's a tea bag that you can just put into cold iced water which is great for me because there are times in the summer where like I don't drink hot tea as much. Sometimes I do, but sometimes I really prefer like a nice cold drink to keep with me in the car. So what I've been doing is I've been doing iced water and then I add a peach cold brew tea bag and then I add a squeeze of lemon and some honey and that has just been my favorite go-to throughout the day. Uh, It is a dentist nightmare. I recognize that, you know, because of the acid from the lemon and then the sugars from the honey and then the tannins from the black tea staining my teeth. I know there's a lot going on there that I don't approve of, Um, but the thing is, it's what I always tell my patients, you know, just have it but then rinse your mouth after and it's just been like a really nice replacement to have instead of water. 
and then my out for the week. Honestly, it kind of ties into spit talk, so I'll just lump it all together today. You guys, I've had the most chaotic day ever. I was, like, hysterically crying to my friend Melissa on the phone. Shout out to Melissa. She, like, literally talked me off the edge of a cliff because I was so close. Uh, so basically... I don't know why the stars have aligned in my adulthood life and everything has been expiring at the same time. Okay, do you guys want to hear what's expired? So first off, my driver's license is expiring on my birthday. Uh, so that's coming up in a couple days. So my driver's license is expiring and I was trying to renew it. And, you know, I thought today was going to be a normal day. I had all my documents together. I was going to go to the DMV super early. Right when it opened, I'd be first in line. And then I crack open my passport this morning and I realized, uh-oh, my passport is expired, which I needed to renew my ID to get like a new, well, to transfer my ID from Rhode Island to Massachusetts. So anyways, then I was like, oh shoot, not only is my driver's license expiring, now my passport is expiring and I can't verify my driver's license without that. So instead I had to skirt on home for an hour and a half there and then an hour and a half back to Rhode Island to get my birth certificate because that was the only other option to prove that I was like a legal citizen. So I skirted home to get my birth certificate. I thought my problems would end there. Then I get to the DMV and apparently this is my own, all of this today is all my own fault. I recognize that, but I'm just venting to you guys. Um, so anyways, I get there and they're like, okay, you can only do your registration for your car. You can't uh, renew your driver's license because you have to set up an appointment for that and the appointments are booked out like a month or something it's ridiculous luckily I guess not luckily but it also worked out because I, I had to do the registration for my car anyways so I would have to come to the DMV anyways at some point at, at least the wait in the DMV was worth it for that so I waited for like two hours I want to say um, and then finally I get to the little counter and then luckily I was able to get my registration and my new license plate and then on top of that, I had to pick up a new like three month supply of my birth control prescription, but my prescription for that had also expired. So then I had to call my doctor to write a new prescription for that. Then I get to the CVS to pick it up. Then guess what? My drug prescription drug like insurance card is also expired. Why is everything expired? So anyways, I'm scrambling because I'm like, oh my God, that's right. They did mail me a new insurance card and it's like sitting in one of my bags at home. So then there's only like 15 minutes left. I know I feel bad. I'm like that person when there's only like 15 minutes left and the pharmacy's about to close. I'm so sorry. I know I'm that person. But anyways, I frantically called Jimmy and I'm like, Jimmy, I need you to like loaf, like search all of these three little bags and like look for my new prescription drug uh, insurance card finally he finds it and then he sends me a picture but guess what my phone is out of data for the month I'm one of the few people left that don't have unlimited data yet so then I'm waiting for the photo to load that he sends me of my new card and then finally I run up to the pharmacy I'm like I have it I have the insurance card like they've been watching me frantically do this um and they're like ma'am there's only five minutes left until the pharmacy closes like we can't help you like we're, that's not enough time for us to like fill this prescription I'm like but I literally have the picture of the insurance I know I feel bad I'm like that person so then they couldn't fill my prescription and after all that I drove 30 minutes there and back to the pharmacy and still came home empty-handed all because of a series of very unfortunate events like the no data so the photo couldn't load the expired prescription the expired insurance card like it has just really been a day you guys first my driver's license then my passport then my prescription then my insurance for the prescription drugs also I had to get my um registration so all in all oh and then on top of that my debit card is also expiring 
soon. What else expired? Oh my god! Wait, you guys, I'm really creeped out right now. I just realized the granola bar that I had in my bag that was supposed to keep me from being hangry all day, I couldn't eat it because guess what? When I was at the DMV, I looked at it and that was expired as well. What is the universe trying to tell me, you guys? I'm like, genuinely, I'm like a little scared right now. It, the granola bar thing is really the, the camel that, the what? The straw that broke the camel's back. Oh my gosh. What does this mean? Why is everything around me expiring? I don't know. Anyways, uh, nevertheless, she persisted. The one good thing is I was able to, while I was, the, the lady that was doing the registration for me, she was so nice. Her name was also Connie and she hooked a sister up. She hooked me up with a secret time for this week to renew my license, even though it didn't pop up on the website. Because like I said, you have to book like a month in advance. And I was like, what am I going to do? Just not have a driver's license for a month? So... Luckily, she hooked it up and I'm going later this week. So thank you, Connie, for being the silver lining of what was good about today. She literally saved my day and also my best friend, Melissa, who talked me off the edge of the cliff. Um, she reminded me that, you know what? It's not the end of the world. It was just kind of funny because when I called her hysterically crying, she was like, I was about to get into the shower, but then you said you were about to like jump off a cliff and I was like kind of curious about what it could be. And then I like told her what it was and she was like, honestly, I called you because I thought that it was something involving your job or your new apartment. This is nothing. And I was like, okay, yeah, she's right. So note to self, just don't be one of those people that goes to the pharmacy in like the last few minutes of closing because it's just not a recipe for anything good to happen. And I accept that. I accept that that was my mistake. So anyways, that has been my day. Um, after I finish editing this and uploading all of this, I'm gonna take a nice fat hot shower and forget that today ever existed. And I'm proud of myself for surviving and I'm proud of you. If you out there had a difficult day or have had a difficult day in the recent weeks or months, I'm proud of you for getting through it because um, I truly know what that feels like. So yeah, anyways. Like I was saying, today we have a very special episode with Dr. Nardine. It's gonna be a good one. You guys are gonna learn a lot. And yeah, now on to the main episode. Alrighty, Dr. Nardine. So I like to do a little segment called my rapid fire one, two, threes, except they never end up being rapid fire. So <laughs> it's okay. So my first for number one is what is your number one stretch that you recommend for anyone out there that just has a really physically demanding job? Okay, if I had to pick one that just tackles everything at once, it's called Burger's Relief Position. So you could do this sitting or standing. Um, but essentially, what you're doing is you're sitting up straight, looking up arms by your side, arms hands externally rotated so kind of pointed out like this yeah. and then just looking up and taking some deep breaths so just because um, most of the time people are rounded forward so it just helps every open everything up and helps uh, calm the nervous system so that would be my number one. Oh my gosh that's such a good point because as you were talking I was like oh yeah I am like really hunched over I like wasn't even thinking about that at all mm -hmm. it's like such an automatic thing for me um number two what are your two favorite like little mom hacks since you have an adorable is she two now she's two yeah you have an adorable two-year-old Natalia um so do you have any like secret mom hacks for either cooking or cleaning or anything uh delegate <laughs> <laughs> That's a yeah. really good one. <laughs> Offload whatever you can because you can't do everything. <laughs> and then my number three is what are three must-haves in your work bag that you need? Mm, okay. I have more than three. So besides the obvious like laptop and stuff like that, my clicker, this is an adjusting tool that I have with me at all times. Um, so it looks intimidating, but it's actually um, was inspired by a dental tool. So it's a spring-loaded adjusting tool. Some force goes through here. Um, so it works really great for people who are, uh, want something really gentle, works great on kids too. That's one. 
Uh, deodorant would be the other one. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one. It's a sweaty job sometimes, so it's important to keep smelling good. And hand cream, because for me personally, one of my pet peeves, if someone's working close to like my face and on my neck, and if I can smell their lunch, <laughs> or if I can just like, you know, sometimes like garlic just sticks to your hands. So just having a nice smelling hand cream, I just feel like just helps the experience be a little bit nicer for people. So, <laughs> oh my God, I never even thought about that. Like that's never, that hasn't happened to me yet. But now that I know like my hands are going to be like so near people, I'm going to be very, very aware of that. Um, do you have yeah. a certain hand cream that you really like? Um, I like the, the, Veda one I think smells really nice it's nice and subtle and just relaxing so that's the one I have Ooh, okay I'll definitely give that one a try I've wanted to dip into hand creams just because I wash my hands so much from like the dentistry and everything um but also I feel like it's it's such a nice little like luxury kind of thing it's, it's almost like eye cream where it's like you you don't like need it but it's like a nice luxury to have so actually I'm pretty sure you're the first chiropractor that's been on this podcast and you're one of my first actually like friends that I've known on Instagram that is a chiropractor so if you could actually just share with everyone a little bit about what chiropractor life is like first of all hey what chiropractor life is like well it's pretty awesome I think I have the best job in the world um, I get to spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with people, get to really know and build relationships with my patients, which is amazing. Um, the variety of things that I get to see, the variety of type of people I can work with, the flexibility is really fun, getting to work with my hands and um, getting to surprise people with what we can do. <laughs> um, I get underestimated. Uh, I used to get underestimated a lot because of my size and like, you know, just being like a small female. I think that that's that's a really fun part of the job getting to work for myself is really fun so hearing you say about how you're underestimated that definitely happens a lot for us uh, female dentists also like whenever we have to extract like a big tooth everyone always looks at us and they're like are you sure that you can pull it um which sometimes it is tricky but <laughs> um that's actually something that you actually touched on something that I want to discuss which is like what do you think is a common misconception that the public has about chiropractors and also like what are things that you wish more people knew that chiropractors could help with one mis conception is how much training it takes to become a chiropractor. Not many people realize that it is a four-year postgraduate program. So it's pretty extensive. It's a very rigorous program. Yeah, there's this, I think there, this, is, this comes from pop culture that like chiropractic training is like a weekend course or something. It's not. Besides that, another common misconception is that chiropractic care is dangerous, which is, I think, um, proliferated by, again, the, this, this idea in the media that we're just like cracking necks and backs willy-nilly. And I'll admit TikTok isn't really helping that image very much because that's the kind of content that gets a lot of attention, right? Just seeing these very dramatic, um, you know, adjustments and spinal manipulation. Um, but the reality is chiropractic care is very safe. It's very effective for taking care of mechanical problems. There's a lot of work that goes into before a patient is taken under is under our care. There's a very extensive history, physical examination that takes place to figure out what the patient's goals are, make sure they are a good candidate for care. And then going through a very thorough informed consent, um, going over all of the treatment options, um, the risks and benefits, and making sure that the patient is aware of everything that's happening, making sure that they're comfortable, um, making sure that the patient knows that we're never going to recommend a treatment where the risk outweighs the benefit, and um, and that there's a lot of options. It doesn't have to be that um, that cracking type of adjustment. There are low force alternatives. Sometimes a patient just needs some soft tissue work. Sometimes it's guided exercise recommendations. 
So, um, so there's a lot of different tools in our toolbox, but ultimately there's, and there's a lot of different ways to reach that goal of optimizing spinal function. And to add to that, um, I think that if there was anything inherently dangerous about chiropractic care, my malpractice insurance would be through the roof. But the reality <laughs> is it takes a lot of patients by surprise. And a lot of the times people see chiropractors, especially people who come into my office, they're like, I've tried everything. Um, and this is kind of my last resort. And they walk away saying, I wish I did this sooner. What is like the most common goal that most of your patients go to you wanting to wanting help with? Neck pain, back pain, TMJ disorders, um, headaches. Um, those would be probably the common things that I see. Like chiropractors can treat anything from TMJ to toes, any joint in the body we could work on. But yeah, my practice is um, is that there's a bit more of a prenatal and pediatric focus with it as well. Um, because that's where my interest is right now, um, along with taking care of healthcare professionals. Those are kind of our, my, my niche areas. Thinking about like our day-to-day lives, is there anything that you think is just like constantly like injuring the public, whether it's like how much we type on the computer or like the the amount of time that we're spending like on commutes and driving? Is there kind of like a common force that like we're not all thinking about? To keep, to keep it really simple, prolonged sustained awkward postures tend to be the culprit most of the time the reality is our bodies are dynamic built to move so staying in any one position for a long time whether that be driving whether that be you know in dentistry um, all of those things can be problematic for our bodies repetitive strain injuries are also a common um, common issue so doing any one thing for the same for you know prolonged period of time so just visualize scaling <laughs> all the time you know that's gonna that's gonna be a problem so um varying movement is really the is 90 percent of the time is the answer to everything so i do have a question then in terms of and i love how you actually you know have created this niche for yourself in working with healthcare providers what do you recommend then for someone where like their livelihood is based off of doing this repetitive activity trying to be creative and finding ways to break it up so that you're you're giving your body a break um, to just let those muscles relax, challenge a different group of muscles, and then coming back to that. Um, it tends to be like it's not always realistic, it's not always possible. But sometimes, you know, if you can just think of a, a clever way to introduce mm. like a micro break within the, you know, whatever you're doing, that can go a long way. It's a very small, like underrated you know, thing that you can do, but it goes, it really does make a difference. It kind of sounds like being more intentional and like aware of what you're doing makes a big difference, right? What are some of the most common injuries that you're seeing amongst dentists, surgeons, pharmacists, nurses? So for dentists, I would say uh, neck pain, low back pain, wrist and hand are the common ones. Um, surgeons, a lot of similar issues, depending on what kind of surgery they do, if they're doing microscopics, like microsurgery versus um, versus otherwise, that can kind of play a role. With them, there's a lot more, stand- most of the time there's more standing, so that can, that can have an impact. Nurses, you know, if they're doing a lot of lifting and stuff, there can be some low back issues. Pharmacists, again, they stand quite a bit, so that's typically... Um, that could, you know, cause some low back pain. But those would be like my rapid fire of like common problem areas. For Are there anything that we can like buy either like things to put into our shoes or like any sort of, um, I guess, like accessories that our chiropractor <laughs> recommended? <laughs> yeah. So for professions that stand a lot, it's probably a good idea to make sure you have really good base of support for your feet. So that could be custom foot orthotics or just a really good supportive shoe, depending. Um, anti-fatigue mats can go a long way. Um, you just want to be careful about tripping hazards and stuff like that but that can definitely take some of the load off in the dental world making sure that you're 
your tools are sharp, making sure everything is working well, that your operatory is um, conducive to, you know, good ergonomics, good loops are, <laughs> um, are really, really important because loops will, um, there's a bit of a catch 22 with loops because if they're not if they're not fitted to you properly, then you might find yourself having to look like actually tilt your head to look through the scopes, which can exacerbate the problem. So you want to make sure that your loops are helping keep you as upright as possible so that you really just have to move your eyeballs down to look through the scopes. Do you have any like recommendations for like, I know throughout the day, it's good to try to like remind yourself to like sit more upright and things like that. Do you have any sort of helpful hints for people to remind themselves? In a clinical setting, so for people who work at a desk or office, I say, um, set a reminder on your phone just to help you to help remind you. And so usually the interval is 20 to 30 minutes in a clinical setting. That's a little bit harder to do because it's, you know, patients is there and you don't want them to hear your, your reminders. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Um, I think it's generally good to try to tie it to something um, relating to your workflow. So for example, if you're waiting, um, if you're waiting for something, whether you're waiting for, you're bonding or you're waiting for, you know, the anesthetic to kick in, that's a good opportunity to take a stretch break right then and there. For dentistry, I like the 45 minute interval. It tends to be a good one um, for if you find for introducing like chair side stretches. Um, but really just take any opportunity you can to just change positions, stand up, move around. And don't worry about what your patient thinks. <laughs> Some people <laughs> think it's a sign of weakness to have to stretch in front of your patient. Like, oh, my dentist is feeling sore. It's not. You're showing them that you're taking care of yourself. This is where I think because our your patients are awake, it's a little bit more challenging for surgeons. Patients asleep, no one sees anything, right? So that barrier isn't there. But um yeah, if the patient sees you stretching, yeah, so what? I'm stretching. <laughs> I totally. Taking- Honestly, I feel like I would respect them more. I'd be like, oh, good. They're like, they like know what they're doing and they know how to like take care of themselves so that they can keep doing this. <laughs> what do you think is either a sign or a good way to know when you should be seeking this help from a chiropractor? Because I also feel like a lot of the attitude is like, oh, this is just part of the job. Like this is just like, this is just part of the burden that comes with working like this. So what are telltale signs that it's time to actually get help? Yeah, pain in, in, in dentistry is is common but not normal so I, I really encourage anyone who's listening to this to don't accept it as a reality of working you know of your career you've worked so hard to get to this point and um, you want to have you know a productive career you want to have as little time you know you want to take time off because you want time off not because you physically can't work because your body feels broken um, so some things to look for to know when it's time to seek help. Um, really try to be in tune with your body. Once you start to feel like you don't have the range of motion that you used to have, or you're feeling like, oh, I'm not as flexible as I once was, or this area is feeling a little tight, all those little things are our body speaking to us and telling us that something is brewing. Um, and those things, it, it's easy to ignore, right? Like, okay, what's the big deal? If I can't turn my head all the way, I'll just turn the rest of my body. Um, that would be the best time to take care things I love when patients come in for a wellness check or a posture check and get on like get on it before it becomes a problem because oftentimes pain is the last symptom to appear when there is a problem so you may feel like you just woke up one day and you have a kink in your neck and that that was just the one incident that caused it but more than likely there was some stiffness building up prior to that and there were some issues brewing before that that just weren't going addressed and then finally manifested itself as you know, pain that you can't ignore. Oh my gosh, as you were describing everything, I feel like that'd be such a good gift to give to someone is kind of like a wellness check to the chiropractor, like just to like see how they're doing. Like we should be gifting each other more like wellness checks, I feel like because 
especially as like busy people working in healthcare, I feel like a lot of times we see taking care of ourselves as like inconveniences. It's like, oh, I don't have mm-hmm. enough time off to like schedule that doctor's appointment or whatever. Another thing that actually shocked me on your stories was you show this picture. It's like a really popular picture of how a dentist should be sitting while they're working. It's something that like I was taught in school. It's like literally like that exact picture. And so I was shocked because you were saying how it's actually incorrect. It's it's not the proper way to sit. It's like probably how you're going to get back pain. Um, So could you describe like what that is, why it's bad for you and how we should be sitting instead? And this is not just for dentists. This is for anyone that has a career where they're sitting a lot. So yeah. So first of all, there's no, um, there's no one size fits all for this. So the recommendation is it's a general thing and it'll work for most people, but with all things, you're going to need to tweak things a little bit and figure out what works for you. So the uh, so the idea of sit, the way to ergonomically sit being um, with your hips and knees at 90 degree angles, that works fine for office workers um, for the most part. I still will recommend that you change positions a lot. Um, so when we're talking about people sitting at a desk, um, my general recommendation is to have a chair that has as many adjustable settings as possible. And every 20 to 30 minutes, you're altering the, the settings. So because some people, they'll get their ergonomic chair, they'll have it all set up nicely, and they'll set it and forget it. And just they won't change anything because that's how they have themselves like lined up in that nice 90-90 setup. For um, in the dental world, things are a little bit different because you don't have the luxury of getting to change your, you know, change things up all the time. So Um, you kind of, it works to your disadvantage when you're sitting at that 90, 90 angle. Um, and it's better to sit with, um, more in a, what would be a supported standing position, um, where you have a more of an open angle at the hips. So it, so you end up looking, you're a little bit higher and, and so you're, instead of your hips being at 90 degrees, it's more open feet are still flat on the floor. Oh, so your Um, chair is higher up. Is, Is it almost like you're almost leaning forward, but still sitting? Not quite, but your thighs should be sloping to a 45 degree angle towards the floor. Instead of being parallel with the floor, they're now sloping downwards. What that does is it activates your quads, which are really nice, strong muscles and will help support you quite a bit better because you will, if you start with the, you know, with the being at 90, 90, um, you may be able to stand up, sit up straight quite nicely, but as your day goes on, you're going to fatigue quite quickly. And then you'll find yourself slumping forward and you're going to, it's going to create that cascade of postural issues higher up. Um, Whereas your quads are really nice, strong muscles. So they'll help um, activate better. Your core will be activated better. So you'll have more stability around your spine Um, because our, our spine isn't, is it's, it's supported by the core. Um, Mm. So that's, that's, we we need that stability from there. Um, And then it also has the added benefit of you can slide closer to your patient because your knees aren't in the way. So it just, you know, so it just helps with everything, um, especially with your upper back posture as well. Um, so that's the, um, so the best way to get that is get to that position is with a saddle stool, um, because you're naturally going to have your thighs sloping downwards. And, um, and then you have the backrest, you still should be snug, like, pretty snug with the, the back support. Um, if you can find um, opportunities to alternate between sit to stand throughout your workday. I think that's the best case scenario. And what about for people too, where like, uh, let's say they have like an hour commute. Is there anything that you can do while you're, I guess, like driving to kind of like reposition yourself or any good positions to be in while you're driving? 
Um, so making sure all your mirrors and steering wheel are appropriately set is going to be number one. Um, the driver's seat, some people sit with it at, again, like a 90 degree. I like it reclined a little bit more to 110 degrees. Okay. Um, I find that that's a bit easier on the low back. If you don't have really good back support in your seat, you can like roll up a small like a cardigan or a little towel, create your own back support just to put there to help um Best case scenario, you take, you know, you take breaks to give your body a chance to get out of that position. That's not always possible. Um, so just making sure that everything is set up so that, you know, your shoulders are relaxed, you know, your your mirrors are appropriately positioned and having the chair climbed a little bit more can help. So when you're thinking of like good posture, you're thinking relaxed shoulders. Um, what are you thinking for like your neck, like just like a neutral position or like what are like key signs throughout your body that you're in like a healthy position? Okay, so neutral posture is defined by having your ear, shoulder, hip, and knee, ankle all in a straight line. <laughs> Typically, people are forward like this, um, and sometimes they might be swayed forward in their in their hips. Um, so another tip for driving as well, because that's going to be a problem, right? Like you're naturally going to have your head forward. Um, and this is a common exercise I give to a lot of my neck pain patients too, is doing your, doing chin tucks. So what this does is it activates your deep cervical flexors, um, which tend to be dormant in a lot of people and strengthens them. And it also helps pull your head back. You can stretch the suboccipital a bit at the same time. Um, so People who do a lot of city driving, I tell them every time you're at a red light or a stop sign, do your chin tuck. And <laughs> hope that no one notices. <laughs> it's hard to tell perfectly on video, but really it's just, you know, bringing your, if you're getting a double chin, you're probably, yeah, there it is. <laughs> I know, not the most flattering look. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good tip though. <laughs> um, so to kind of switch gears a little bit, I know that you mentioned that you have created this little niche for yourself, both with healthcare workers, but now also with infants. Um, I love the story that you shared a couple days ago, actually, about your experience with breastfeeding your daughter, Natalia, and also how you had to just trust your intuition and how that's kind of launched you into the field of working with infants now. Can you share with everyone that story? Uh, one of my goals was uh, when, when I when I was pregnant was I, um, I wanted to exclusively breastfeed my daughter. And, you know, they all tell you that breastfeeding is really hard and uh, which just it, it just blew, blows my mind because it's you know like why would it be hard right it's like you know isn't it supposed to work but it it doesn't <laughs> always work very well um and so yeah so when she was born the midwife had noted she had a lip tie and tongue tie I'm like okay what do I do with that information it wasn't really they didn't really know um but um long story short I, I felt like it just wasn't going the way it should. My gut was telling me that there's something wrong. Like she was very fussy during her feeds. Like she wasn't, um, wasn't this like magical experience that I thought it was supposed to, you know, that I envisioned it would be. Um, and, you know, all, all her follow-up visits, she, I was told that she's transferring milk well. She's, she's putting on weight, no issues. Um, but I still felt like something was missing and something could be better. So I took her to a pediatric dentist and, um, yeah, and he confirmed their, you know, tethered oral tissues. And he explained to me the impact that it has on optimal on tongue function. Um, and it was a really educational experience for me because I knew, you know, the nutritive benefits of breastfeeding, but I had very little information on what it actually does for palate formation and for airway and all of that. So 
Um, you want to create a good seal so you're not taking in air. Um, you want to make sure that the, the, the tongue is putting up appropriate pressure to the roof of the mouth. That's going to help with the air, the, the palate development. And so the palate is the, like the floor of everything that happens, you know, above. So like where this becomes really important is, um, when you see kids that are mouth breathing, that's likely an airway issue. That's, that's why it was so important to me to make sure that all of this was developing properly because when you're mouth breathing, there's a whole host of issues that come with that later on. Um, that, and, and, and you can see that kind of manifest too in the facial structure as well. Um, you mm -hmm. see a recessed jaw. Sometimes you see bags under the eyes. Um, Did you hear yeah. about that study with the two twins where um, it's like so fascinating there? I, I think it was two twins. One of them uh, was a mouth breather. The other one wasn't. And you saw them develop over the years. And it's just so clear like the physical manifestations of um the twin that that was a mouth breather is there a nicer term to say this i feel like saying mouth breather sounds weird. i know it sounds derogatory i know but yeah especially because i feel like we learn in school like you're not supposed to you're supposed to say patients with this condition not like this kind of person mm -hmm. but anyways um yeah the the twin that breathed with their mouth predominantly had those bags under the eyes the recessed chin like you were saying the facial profile was much more um accentuated and everything so have you tried mouth tape while you're sleeping I haven't. I've heard of it, but I haven't. For me, I I I know I'm a good nasal breather, so <laughs> I was never too concerned about it for myself. Yeah, this conversation just like inspired me to give it a try at least to see. I've heard so many people say like they sleep so much better. Um, the physical symptoms of uh, children. So you were saying there's the dry lips, right? So for infants, some yeah, the blistering. Um, so the looks like looks like like little bubbles and, and blisters on the lips, and so that's a common one that people think is normal, but it's an it's an indication that they're using the wrong muscles to breastfeed or even sometimes bottle feed. So it's it's a sign that the, the lips are working very hard. There's a lot of impact there, um, and that the tongue isn't doing as much work as it needs to. Mm, got it. And we want that yeah. tongue to be doing that work. And also helping with like forming that palate, like you were saying, right? Yeah. yeah. So you want the tongue to be strong. And like when I'm doing, when I'm checking the baby's suck reflex, um, I'm looking for a nice undulating motion. They should be pretty strong. They should be able to take in my finger at least one knuckle in. Um, oh, okay. If babies are gagging, the suck reflex and the gag reflex are inversely related. So if they have a sensitive gag reflex, that's because their suck isn't, um, isn't optimal. Oh, that's so interesting. So is this um, something that parents can test at home as well? Uh, yeah, well, if you just notice that your baby is gagging, um, mm -hmm. if they're choking on the milk, um, if they, yeah, all those things are signs that there's a bit of a sensitive gag reflex. Um, it's actually good to follow up if you're going to do, if you're going to um, laser the ties um, to follow up with like tongue strengthening exercises. That's an exercise I'll give parents is to put your you know, a clean finger in their mouth, let them suck, like get, get them sucking and then try to challenge it. Got it. Oh my God. Now mm -hmm. I want to like try this. I'm like, <laughs> at, at what ages should you be like giving this test? At what age is like too old where you don't need to do the test anymore? When they start solids, you tend to see that like it's not as easy to see the, the suck reflex, I find, because now they're putting other things in their mouth. Um, so before the age of six months usually is a good time to to be able to check these things. So yeah, and, and I, uh, so we lasered the ties. <laughs> and, um, you know, he told me it's also important to 
uh, follow up with body work as well. And so we were doing pediatric chiropractic care concurrently, like before and after, and um, got her tongue function to be optimal, did the suck training and everything. And um, it was great. We breastfed for 18 months. I, you know, it saved our breastfeeding journey. It was a great experience. Um, and it just really opened my eyes to this field in chiropractic that I was not aware of before. Um, and so I did the extra training to become competent in this area. And so now I work with babies and um, I'm seeing that a lot more parents are becoming aware of, of this, about how chiropractors can help support breastfeeding. Um, and I have to say, I... I'm just so grateful that I am part of a community where, you know, I see my colleagues who have knowledge in this area, sharing information and, you know, opening my eyes to what is possible um, and different ways that they can help. And I think that if it wasn't for that, I would have had no idea and I would have either toughed it out or given up completely. And um, it would have been a very different story. Breastfeeding is something that like a lot of us, even us women, like think the same thing before we have to go through it is like, oh, it's like what the mother does. Like, shouldn't it come naturally? Like, I just thought it was this thing on movies. They make it look like it's this thing that just happens. I didn't realize like, oh, there's like the latching things. Like, I didn't realize that there was even a chance that babies couldn't latch or things like that. For any like new parents out there, what do you think are like signs that maybe there's something that's like missing either like a developmental like milestone that the child is behind on or something that they should be seeking help with? Mm-hmm. Um, I think noticing any imbalances like preferences turning one head to or another is a, is a big one that can be a big clue. Um, sometimes things like this are hard to notice when you're with a baby all the time. Mm-hmm. So one thing that parents can do, if you open your camera roll and look at all the photos you have of your baby, if they're always tilted to one side or looking to one side, that's a good sign that there could be some tension um, in the neck that should get addressed before it starts to um manifest as a uh, you know flattening on one side of the head that's such a good think, tip oh my gosh yeah. I didn't think about that but like even thinking about like my sister like her camera roll is like filled with pictures of her children obviously but I'm like wow that's something that you're really like documenting every single day your child um so for the last segment I was fascinated. I was going like on a deep dive of all of your content yesterday. Um, but the the content that really fascinated me was choosing the right pillow. So this is just a world that I had no idea really existed. So I just want to know, first of all, what do you look for when you're looking for a good pillow? Okay, so yeah, so the area of pillows and mattresses is a largely underrated um, area. But the reality is... Um, Sleeping is a time when our body restores itself and recovers from all of the physical stress of the day. So it's really, really important that that time is um, furthering your goals of better spinal health as opposed to making things worse. So when it comes to pillows, largely it depends on your anatomy and your preferred sleeping position. Um, The name of the game here is neutral spine. You want to make sure that your neck and shoulders are being supported in a neutral spine. So if you're sleeping on your back, if your pillow is too high, you're going to be forward. If your pillow is too flat you're going to be an extension like this. If you're on your side, your head might be tilted one way or the other if you want everything to be nice and straight. If you're sleeping on your stomach, stomach sleeping is a little bit problematic because you're going to be cranked to one side like this and mm. that can cause issues. Um, so generally, back and side are the better options. Um, but if you have to sleep on your stomach, 
no pillow at all or a very thin pillow is probably best. So the way you're built, um, it's it's going to be a very, everyone's going to have their own preferences. Mm. I had a friend in college that he actually, we always thought he was so weird. He didn't sleep with a pillow. I, I don't know if he still mm. does even. Could you share with everyone? I love this tip that you gave about how to keep your pillows nice and fluffy. So all pillows are going to need some maintenance. Um, so firstly, you know, your pillow should be an investment. So if you're getting a cheap, like $20 pillow from Walmart, throw it out. You need to be investing in a pillow. <laughs> okay. um, <clears throat> and it, it, it does take some work to keep it like, you know, to kind of have it bounce back. So every three to six months, um, if you take it, um, so it depends, some pillows, there's different components to it, but um, find out whatever the manufacturer like recommendations are, if you need to take it apart or whatever, um, putting it, you know, giving it a good wash, which is important for hygiene, and then putting it in the dryer with some dryer balls, um, to help restore some of that fluffiness is a good, um, it's a good way to just get, get the, put some life back into your pillow. Kind of switching gears too for mattresses. What do you look for, for a good mattress? I know that's personal preference also, but. So I'll start by answering your question with how to know it's time to replace your mattress. So again, waking up stiff and sore, especially in the low back is a sign that you need to replace your mattress. Most mattresses have a lifespan of about 10 years. If you look at your mattress and you see any sort of sagging, you're very much overdue to replace your mattress. It's specific to people's preferences. Some people like something a bit more firm versus softer. If you're a side sleeper and you're feeling a lot of pressure at your shoulder and hip, then um, that could be a sign that that mattress is too firm for you. If you're feeling like your body is just kind of like sagging into it and not doesn't feel very comfortable and you're not supported in a neutral spine, again, a sign that um, that could be the, that the mattress is too soft. Um, there's ways to kind of like hack mattresses <laughs> so that it works a little bit better. So um, sometimes, so you remember the, the cheap pillows that I talked about throwing away? So actually hang on to those and use them as secondary support. So you can put it, if you're on your back, you can put it underneath your knees and that can help um, relax the low back a little bit better. So having some knee flexion can, um, can relax the low back. If you're sleeping on your side, putting it between your knees can help keep the pelvis aligned a little bit better when you're sleeping. Choose a mattress that isn't going to make you overheat. Um, I generally don't like memory foam. Um, and memory foam tends to also retain heat a lot more. Oh, okay. so, is, is that why um, you don't like memory foam or is there another reason? I, To me, um, it's like straight up memory foam will like, – because we want the – pillow or mattress to provide support. I don't want it to just sink and take your shape. It needs a bit of more like counter pressure, I think. To Got it. And, and that's why I find most people don't like it. And I generally don't recommend it either. There's um, the mattress in a box, like the, the ones that have like layered foam. Those are good because it's usually not just memory foam. There's other things in there. Um, so those foam based um, mattresses tend to be tend to be pretty good. So for Americans, um, the Casper makes a really good um, mattress in a box and pillows. I love their pillows as well. And for our Canadians, Endy is my go-to recommendation, again, for mattress and pillows. Um, they have a really unique product when it comes to pillows. They have a customizable pillow where the inside of it is shredded memory foam. And you can take out as much stuffing as you want to kind of customize the shape of it for your, for your head and neck. Well, yeah. What is the name of this Canadian one? Endy. E-N-D-Y. Um, I am a I am a, an affiliate with them, um, but they're also the only mattress and pillow that's endorsed by the Canadian Chiropractic Association. Because one of my pet peeves, and if you look at like, you know, mattress stores and stuff like that, they'll use 
the name, they'll use the word chiropractor or chiropractic as a marketing gimmick when it's really not like, mm. um, like I saw once like a chiropractic mattress and it makes absolutely no sense to call it a chiropractic mattress. Um, but it's also just like, they're just like pulling that claim out of nowhere. <laughs> <There's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what recommendations do you have for, I know that the cloud couch style is becoming really popular now. Um, mm-hmm. do you, do you know what, what the cloud couch is? No, it's the first time I ever heard of this. So the cloud couch is this like super expensive it's kind of ridiculous um couch from the brand restoration hardware and since then a bunch of different companies have created dupes for them and things like that um they're becoming really popular on like tiktok i'm interested in this because i'm like moving very soon so i'm like fascinated by couches now all of a sudden um (laughs) but it's like literally like a pillow um I, I don't want to say it's memory foam because it doesn't quite adhere to you. It's more like a very down couch and it's very comfortable. Um, but one of my concerns against buying like this dupe is I'm like, is it, it feels almost like it's too comfortable. Like, I feel like this isn't good for me. It's hard for me to call I'll it have to send you a picture. healthy. Yeah, I'll oh, have to look into this. But it, you know, if anything that promotes the idea of sitting in one position for a very long time is probably not in your best interest. Um, so it, it's hard to say, call it couch healthy because, you know, ideally you wouldn't be sitting in it for like six hours at a time. Um, but yeah, that seems really interesting. Um, I will mention, I think another thing that is really important when shopping for things like mattresses and pillows is making sure that they have a really good return policy mm. in case you hate it because that's always a possibility. Um, that way you can return it risk-free. Um, because it is going to be a very individual, um, you know, preference. So uh, making that investment and making sure that there's a, a really good risk-free return window, um, then uh, that way you have no guilt about <laughs> moving on to the next thing. Yeah, that makes total sense. Is there any other sort of like daily thing that we use that we should be taking more consideration into like buying good quality? I mean, with sneakers, making sure there's good support there is, it depends what you're using your sneakers for, whether you're running or they're just day to day. Those are going to be different, different things to look for. But really, I think that it's most important to invest in having your own like intrinsic ability to um, be aware of, you know, your posture, whether you've been in one position for too long, building up your strength um, to help maintain, you know, to stretch and strengthen, you know, your muscles as needed. Um, stay away from, posture correctors, any of those things that pop up on your ads that, you know, will bring your shoulders back or like buzz you on your neck to remind you to bring your head back. All of that stuff is garbage. Got um. it. How come? <laughs> because I feel like it's so easy for someone that's like not as educated on this to like look on TikTok and be like, oh my God, this sounds perfect. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really easy to get sucked into that and think that it's a good thing. But if you think about it, it's just an external support. What's going to happen when you take it off? You're just oh, going to fall forward again, right? You're yes, you're being held in that position, but your muscles aren't being actively held. Like you're, you're. It's a passive. It's a passive support. Mm. So, I would much rather focus your time, money, energy into a good, well-rounded exercise program that has resistance training, cardio, mobility work. Um, all of that is going to pay dividends in supporting your musculoskeletal health, as opposed to these like. These things that you might buy and then try it out for a little while and then just throw it off, throw it away and collect, let it collect dust. Yeah, that, that totally makes <laughs> sense. Well, that is all the questions that I have for today. Thank you so much for your time. If you could just leave everyone where they can follow you and where they can find you and reach out if they have any more questions. Yeah, so I love to hang out on Instagram. I'm at Curly Cairo, K 
Cairo as in chiropractor, not Cairo as in Egypt. I always have to say that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I um, I love to interact with, uh, you know, the dental community. Um, so send me a DM if ever you have any questions. If you want help finding an awesome Cairo in your area, I can help you vet, you know, <laughs> vet them and, and, and find someone who would be a good fit for you. I really just want people to have um, just a just to be more intentional about their spinal health and have that awareness and feel like they have control over, over this area of their lives, as opposed to thinking that they just have, it's just a helpless, you know, scenario where it, it is what it is. Um, I really truly believe that, you know, we can empower people to make those educated decisions, um, create a team around them of chiropractors, physical therapists, massage therapists that help support those goals and just, you know, help you live a healthier, happy careers. Thank you so much for your time today. This is so helpful. And thank you so much for everyone for listening. That's all for today. And I will see you guys next time.